Final round is this coming weekend. What will the kickoff for the 2019 Capcom Pro Tour bring with it? New Street Fighter V characters, perhaps? Recent data mining reports hint that five more fighters might be on route this year, as well as all new V-skills. We discuss the many possibilities of what such an update could bring to the table. Plus, Bandai Namco blows things out of the water with a newly revamped Tekken World Tour. Street Fighter ads are back, but they're much better this time around. There's a stronger chance than ever for a Marvel vs. Capcom 4. We discuss why a Mortal Kombat vs. Street Fighter crossover probably shouldn't ever happen, and plenty more on this week's episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. Perfect! All right, and welcome back to another episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. I am John Catalyst Gray, and with me as always is John Velociraptor Guerrero. Hello, hello. How you doing, Internet? All right, so we've got quite a bit going on, and, and we, we're just going to get right into it. And, and the first thing I want to bring up here is Street Fighter V possibly having six characters this season, according to data mining. And, and, and you're the one who actually did the story here. And data mining, I just want to like say right off the bat, is... is not an exact science. It, it you know, you might think it's like, oh, I'm I'm mining this data straight from the game. You know, this has definitely got to mean something. But there's been countless times, not only with Street Fighter Five, but with other games out there in our community that that the information has been not exactly what you might think it would be. Sure. Um, and then. Yeah, and then on top of that, Capcom is actually putting, you know, we've heard reports of this uh, false and misleading data into Street Fighter V to kind of throw data miners off the scent here. Uh, I haven't been able to independently verify this, but we've heard it from some of the data miners out there that are like, yeah, this is like, this is completely bogus. You know, I don't know what they're doing, but I don't see that how this adds up into anything. So I was never really too into code and data mining outside of when I played Enter the Matrix and watched the Matrix movies a little bit back in the early 2000s, I think it was. But this was all pretty foreign to me and still until I started working here with Event Hubs and seeing more and more of this stuff. And when you look at all these, a lot of the times things will be, well, obviously it's, it's encoded, right? And things will seem to have patterns where there might be a few initials that looks like a character name or there's a sequence of numbers that lines up with about how many characters already exist in the game on the roster with the slots for like six more. And you go, that looks like it could be what I think it is, which is, you know, new characters coming in or a new mode or something like that. But it's sometimes not that at all. Sometimes it's like, you know, uh, it is a character, but it's for somebody that's going to be in the background or something along those lines. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. all of this data mining stuff comes with a grain of salt. And people come forward and say, conclusively, yes, I found this and here's what it is. And it comes to fruition in some other way or way later than they expected. For example, um, it was Xkira who brought up Dojo Mode, obviously it's like two years ago. And it didn't come right. to fruition for like a year and a half. And it was originally supposed to be Dan's Dojo, having something to do with Dan Hibiki. So yes, reading through all this, it's a major grain of salt that you take it with. But especially when we're waiting for Capcom to say something, and here's some information that may or may not be there. I mean, this is what we're doing anyway, is speculating like, well, this is who I want. This is who I hope based on patterns and whatever, this is who are likely, but, um, and, and the idea of this data mining coming out just kind of contributes to that conversation. So that's the angle that I'm taking here when I look at all this stuff, but I say all that and then say, yes, what, um, what was his name? Yurinka. Uh, that's, that, that was his name. And it was posted on Resetera, Resetera, Resetera. I don't know how you guys pronounce that. Um, but 
they these there's a ton of stuff there it's new costumes new titles a couple new stages and then room for i think it's five additional characters after kage but but like I, I have no idea beyond that. And I'm, I'm really hesitant, especially on this platform to go, yep, looks like this is what we're getting because I don't want to put, you know, anything by my name in terms of uh, promises when it comes to Street Fighter. Yeah. Now, you mentioned here uh, some of the other stuff we might be getting. And and one of those things includes maybe a second V skill. And x has actually been talking about this for quite some time. Um, you know, maybe this is some, some stuff that Capcom's experimenting with. But we actually just recently ran a poll here of, you know, which, uh, which V skills are the best and which ones are the worst. And it's pretty damn clear there's a handful of characters who just have garbage V skill still. And, and with the V system and V gauge, you know, being so damn important in Street Fighter V, it's, it's pretty terrible to have a bad v skill in this game right oh yeah it, it, it's it, it's i mean i don't want to speak too much because i have monot's v skill uh i i generally have had characters except for vega that have had okay v skills that could work with something right um and and i mean it's not hard to look at our, our you know popularity list and also see oh these are the mid-tier our worst characters in the game because they have a crappy v skill and having that like added into the mix in some way of giving these characters something new to work with is really a big deal we've seen that with v triggers uh we've seen it with ultras and street fighter 4 um just sometimes for matchups and for other purposes it's really a great option i yeah there, there's some the big the big hurdle i would have with that is like how do you select that how much time is it adding to you know the rank screen where you're waiting for the character to come up and now i've got to pick my v trigger and you know my v skill uh, i get all that kind of stuff like it's adding a lot of extra layers into you know the whole process um and that kind of goes back to gyms and street fighter 5 it's like okay i've got to look up like a you know a math equation to figure out what gyms i want for my character and, and i get that it gets a little too complicated and, and irritating at that point but uh it's still a second v skill especially at this point in street fighter 5's lifespan i would be very much okay with because of the simple fact that there's a number of characters with just flat out garbage v skills that you know, they're, I'm they're, yeah. I'm in the middle of writing. Well, actually, I've written the first article. I just needs to go over. I need to go over it a little bit. But of imagining what new V skills characters would get if they were, and I grabbed the first four characters that I wanted to tackle. And I'm looking at the roster. There are some characters that this isn't a thing for. In in the sense that they already have V skills that are are decently well made or or really well made. They fit the character's personality, and you see them use this V skill constantly in virtually. Mm -hmm. Every round. So I'm talking like Nikali, Ken, um, you know, let's use Ken. His is a rush forward and he uses it in combos and it's, it's constant. It's not necessarily the best V skill in the game, but it absolutely fits the character. And if you take that away from him, imagine Ken in Street Fighter V without that forward run. He would, his identity as a character would change in some pretty significant ways. And you go, what would you put in there? You know, in, instead of that, because he's not mm -hmm. going to have. V skill one if he's if he's using whatever V skill two is and some characters is very very hard to think up an idea and like they really don't need it I mean if you, you're probably not going to release V skills for or secondary V skills for some and not others but I mean re realistically some characters need another V skill and some characters absolutely do not but. Yeah. Anyways, um, so I, I've looked at them and actually... And, and on that note, like I'll just say to Capcom, if you're listening to this, make characters like Minot, Nikali, and other stuff, make their secondary V skill absolute garbage. It's fine. We don't expect anything to yeah, be no good there. We don't need it. You know, we've already got a good one, but take characters like Vega, Armika, Alex, and give them a legitimate V skill, please. So the first four, I'm not going to go too into this, just a little taste so people can maybe anticipate it if they're, if they're into this sort of thing. But the first four characters that I grabbed for this were uh, Ryu, 
Chun-Li, Vega, and Armika. And I'll just tell you my idea for Vega's V-Skill. What I want, would, what I would do if I gave him a second one is because his game is so much poking, you know, from, from the mid-range and he's got longer reach, especially with that claw, than most characters with his normals. Um, but usually he'll get a poke and that will be it. It'll just be that isolated damage. And one of the biggest problems I think with Vega is his inability to convert into more damage. So uh, it's funny when, when I'm writing this out, I, the first thing I say about Vega is you might not realize what Vega's V-Skill actually is if you don't play him because <laughs> it's just so whatever. And it's, I believe it's his turnaround, right? It's a turnaround clock. And he becomes thing, invincible is... for a second and you can uh, end combos with it or I don't know. No, I, I mean, maybe, but I, I think it's worthless to almost do that. Like it's kind of basically for, uh, it's a little bit for mid-range poking and it's like negative 1000 on block. Yeah. Uh, and you can kind of go through fireballs with it, but you have to have epic timing. Um, it, it's, it's barely useful, barely. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, so it's it's that's one of the huge problems about the character, right? So compare that to Ken or Nikali with their V skills, and you go, there's a a huge place where you could absolutely change the tier list around. But anyways, what I would give Vega is on his normal pokes. So no, none of his specials or his command normals, but just normal pokes. He can uh, cancel into his V skill, which is he has a uh, a handful of rose petals. And he basically cancels into throwing that into your face and then follows that on hit with another strike. So like a, a, a lunging punch. So it turns any pokes that he gets, if you confirm them, into three hit combos that also build your V gauge. And I think that that would be a pretty good buff considering how often you get tagged with random normal, not random, but pokey normals from Vega in the neutral. I think it would augment his neutral game. It would require skill because you'd have to confirm that you were hitting. But if mm -hmm. you did, it would further augment augment his neutral and I think that's exactly what he would need so yep. that's one of the ideas that I had and some of them are going to be terrible for Mika I'm really scared because I never want to give her something good because <laughs> she's right. already scary and right. I don't want to give her a faster way into v-trigger but um, I bring up this example and we bring up this point because I think that yes we're all expecting these new characters but if new v skills come in that it's interesting here because that will change Street Fighter V in some pretty significant ways. Um, not a bad thing at all, but it's going to change. And well, on that note, actually, is it too late for? Well, that's what I'm getting to. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah it's like yeah. we're feeling like Capcom might be, you know, really letting off the gas because we haven't had much communication. Um, and and it's like. It very well could be that they are going full steam ahead and they have a ton of plans and a full like secondary update to after arcade edition, something that's approaching how big of an update that was, which I think if you're putting new V skills in, like you're starting to get into that kind of territory. It could be that, that that's the case. But it's been so long since we've heard about anything and the expectation is that we're going to regularly hear stuff about this game as a support. Um, or I mean, sorry, we're going to regularly see support because this game is a service that... Uh, the, the general population kind of feels more and more like we brought it up right after Kage. It's like, is the game dying? And I remember you said that and I go, ah, it's, it's way early for that. But the longer it's gone on, I myself have started to feel more and more like, yeah, we might be nearing closer to the end than I realized. And I imagine if I'm feeling that way, a lot of other people are feeling that way. So to see this kind of update would really change the way a lot of people are seeing the Street Fighter V life and scene right now. And I'll also add in there, like, we already have Season 4 
And if you're going to introduce something like new V skills, I think you had to have that at the, the start of season four. Uh, I don't think you could make that a 3.5 update unless, I, I mean, that would kind of blow my mind at that point because they've already said from the get go and ha ha, you know, Capcom said, right? Like how many times have they gone back and kind of altered stuff, you know, sure. later on down the road, but um, brand new V skills could be a huge change for the balance of a lot of characters i mean you take a character like vega who's generally seen as at the very bottom of the tier list and you know with the change you're talking about does he rise up and become one of the best characters in the game is that okay and and you know is the the balance of the game completely you know thrown into you know a complete you know whatever yeah. uh that's that's a big deal you know that's a huge deal and so for myself I, I love the idea of new v skills but i can't see them coming in season four for the simple fact that one um Two two major you know revisions revisions to the, the how the game plays right now and then also, uh, it would be after final round after your first pro tour event and it's a premier event and so it's like there was the competitive landscape for final round and then there was a competitive landscape afterwards or however many tournaments are before this change is actually implemented. Yeah, it, it to me it has to come in season five if it's coming, and then at that point, why why bring it to season five when the game is going to be ending? You know that next year or however, it's it doesn't have a long life in front of it. And I don't think anyone at this point in time is predicting a long life for Street Fighter Five uh, anymore. Um, the polls that we're running on the website, I think, are really indicative of that. Um, and, and actually, yeah, let's get into that here just in a second, but. Um, the game is as much as I enjoy it and love it. It's not that well regarded in our community. It's people don't have the passion for it that they had for Street Fighter Three, or Street Fighter Four, or Street Fighter Two, for that matter. If you ask me, at least during that that heyday when the, when those games were really on top, right? Mm. Um, and, and I mean I, that's something that really can't be overlooked. It, it's not a game that's beloved by our community. Um, yeah. And I won't go too far into this, but I was having a conversation with Dream King uh, three or four days ago. He, uh, we were talking about Street Fighter V, and, I, and, and we've discussed this kind of a thing plenty of times in the pod, but it just doesn't, it doesn't translate to enough consistent feelings of reward and, and happiness and that dopamine drop to get me to want to do it in my free time. So I go to other places for that. I'll do it more for work and such, and sometimes I do, and I enjoy playing you know, locals and such, but I, I could sit and play four for all day, you know, online or with friends and, and such, and, and five feels just, it doesn't have that same, it's like a six out of 10 where four was an eight or a nine in terms of how much fun and excitement and reward I feel like I get out of it. That's just me, but I imagine that's a lot of people too. We just recently had a team tournament here in Arizona, and there was a, there, there were 30 people that showed up, or 11 teams, so I guess 33, and that was really cool. Um, we actually had more people signed up, and some of our regulars between like the last few months um, when that team tournament was a first organized because we were all trying to speculate who was going to be on whose team and what it was going to look like. And a couple of regulars between the time of the announcement and the actual event um, just kind of fully up and quit because they just don't want to play Street Fighter V anymore. And yeah. I think a big part of that goes into what we were discussing in that the community feels like this might be getting closer and closer to the end. And if, if you don't have the fun and you don't have the fact that it's going to be around for much longer, so it's like, eh, you know, it's the end of the day, we're kind of slow, let's close early. It might be how people are starting to see things, and maybe they're going to personally close up shop a little bit earlier. 
But I mean, it, it, to each his own, and 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 I still play yeah. it, I still enjoy it, but not yeah, like I, I did others. And again, I love this game. I, I think it's phenomenal, my favorite game in the series. And there's plenty of other people who love this game as well too. And you don't have to look far to say it. I'll, I'll shout a few people out here. Um, I think 801 Strider clearly enjoys the game and is having a great time with it. Um, I think Punk enjoys the game now that Abigail's gone. <laughs> uh, I think I know Justin Wong enjoys the game quite a bit uh, and finds it very fun. Uh, he's got other stuff going on in his life now, but you know, there's still a number of people out there who very clearly enjoy the game i think tokido probably loves this game well, because he's been <laughs> the most successful yeah he's been the most successful he's ever been i think in a fighting game right uh so there's a lot to love there for him so again uh, but uh, i i can't make a good argument against the general sentiment that i see in the community that you're saying it's like yeah that that's kind of how people feel and, and it's cool to hate on the game and that's an unfortunate state the game's at uh you know i've done enough defending of it so uh but i'll just i'll move on and just say real quick that uh the data mining showed about six characters right now for season four is what it looks like. Um, but having a little bit of a coding background, I'll say that this would not be the hardest thing ever to fake um, in terms of, you know, Capcom putting misleading information in there. Uh, at the same time, that's been the history of the game. We get six characters a year. Um, so, yeah, uh, just with data mining here before we move on, it just... The track record to me is about 50-50. About half the stuff you hear never comes to fruition uh, for whatever reason. Uh, and about half of it like comes about, and but sometimes it comes about, as you mentioned, with Dojo Mode, in a way or in a style that you did not anticipate. And that's just kind of how stuff goes with data mining. So take it as you will. Uh, it's certainly better than no information at all. But again, about half the time, you can kind of throw out about half of what you see. You, so. you know, this this popped up on my radar, like I said, right after I started working with Event Hubs and specifically with Street Fighter V and the early leaks that came via data mining for, you know, the, the first stuff that we found out. And I thought to myself, well, okay, this sucks for Capcom, but at least it's really easy to fix. All they need to do is go in and make any character names that they're going to put, like Mario or the guest character from Super Smash or Scorpion or, you know, even like put Sagat, even though Sagat's not coming, and just put it right out there that, that this information is not directly related reliable and if people are looking at it if people are data mining then they they're all have their eyes on it you go okay look everyone while you're looking right now this information it might be completely weird it might be throwing you for a loop and then from there on out there's that sense of doubt and and data mining immediately gets leveled down in how much credence it gets from the community but they didn't do that it's like that that was like the first thing to rectify the situation and then also work on you know just being able to hide stuff better but i don't know you do you capcom that's what they're doing, apparently. Uh, Xcure has, you know, got into more about what his you know, new hair color is going to be than it is actually data mining on stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's starting to troll people who follow him and all that. So I don't know if that speaks to frustration or whatever is going on with him. But uh, yeah, uh, there it is. So uh, moving right along here, um, we did put up a poll on our website. Uh, you did actually about what people's favorite Street Fighter game is like ever. What part of the series? And, mm -hmm. and I wanted you to elaborate a little bit on what your thought process was there and, and what you saw with the results. Uh, yeah, that actually came about as, um, well, because of one of the conversations you and I had on the podcast. Well, it struck me when you said Street Fighter V was your favorite game. Um, not that I, I already knew that you liked the game quite a bit, and um, and I think that you've it's been clear that you've liked it even more than Street Fighter IV, but you've been around in this uh, scene for a really long time. You've seen a lot of games, and, and uh, well, I should say you've been around in the scene and you've been paying attention. I think you and I are almost in the same generation as far as how long we've been like enjoying fighting games, but you've been paying attention uh, on this level and, and, and analyzing fighting games from Alpha, Street Fighter 2, Street Fighter 3, 4, and 5, plus everything else that's not Street Fighter in between. And you chose Street Fighter 5 as your favorite. 
And, and I was like, wow, that's interesting because the general sentiment isn't to say that Street Fighter V is the best. It's like, it's okay. It's like a six or a seven out of 10, I guess. And so when we said that, I, I put that in the text, I believe, and highlighted it so that people would uh, you know, be, be aware it was in there. And sure enough, the comments, people responded to it like, that's crazy. Or, or, and I think there were some that were like, yeah, no, it makes sense. And so it just seemed like a kind of a conversation starter. And we'd actually run a similar poll, I think it was two years ago in early 2017. Mm-hmm. And, and we got somewhat similar results. It, it, was, it, was, uh, it was odd to me. It struck me. And so I figured, well, it would probably strike other people. And then I just want an answer here in 2019 after the Arcade Edition update to see if the game had fallen into the better graces of people. But uh, according to the results, I, I really don't think that it did. Do you have them up in front of you right now? Oh, yeah, I do. And uh, Street Fighter 4 is number one. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, 30% of the vote, uh, Street Fighter 3, number two. Um, and then Alpha, then Street Fighter 5, and Street Fighter 2 are basically tied for fourth. Mm-hmm. And then uh, coming up at the very rare is uh, Street Fighter EX, which uh, it's funny. I, I think EX Fighting Layer probably did some damage to the perception of the game and it really shocks me to see street fighter alpha up there at number three i'll just flat out say that um that is definitely some nostalgia stuff going on there uh i i like the alpha series i think it's really good uh, like for what it was back in the day um but that was really not seen as a great competitive time for fighting games uh especially with with street fighter alpha 3 uh alpha 2 is generally seen as the superior version of that um at least in the alpha series i should say um it's interesting. So yeah, I, I kind of see that, and I go, yeah, no. But um, but for the rest, well, and I, two I, you know, being two and five actually uh, came in exactly tied with a hundred and or with thirteen point two percent of the vote each. Right. But I and and you go wait, Street Fighter two and Street Fighter five, they're they're so incredibly different. First and foremost, but you would assume that everyone would have a certain reverence for Street Fighter two. I think, and this is of course just the Event Hub's audience that's voting on this, so it's only a select population out of the FGC. But I, I think it's just we maybe have the younger crowd and the people that are going to engage in this kind of a thing are going to be the ones that are um, that didn't grow up with two, you know, and didn't didn't play mm-hmm. a lot of two, so it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. And they're like, yeah, no, that's cool. The, the John Choi and Vi and people played that, but it's not really for me. Um, but then at the same time, it's like, well, did they come in just after two, but before Alpha and before three? Uh, because it felt like the big boom was for four, and that makes sense that it four would win outright. Uh, by a pretty good margin, but yeah, it is it is strange to see Alpha. It may be that this like Alpha has a lot of um, attention nowadays in the sense that there are Alpha characters in Street Fighter Five, and therefore that has called back to Alpha multiple times. That might be part of the uh, what what we're seeing here. But yeah, it is it is kind of strange to me that Alpha hit that high. Yeah, it's 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 all fine. I mean, this is it's much like the tears on our website. It's a barometer of how people feel. And and I think there was a classic quote um, that I saw uh, people talking about our tears, like, Oh, they're wildly inaccurate and it's terrible and blah, blah, blah. It's like, not really. This is how people feel, you know, and, and tears are not, there's no kind of definitive tier list unless you've got, you know, the worst character in the game somehow is like, you know, at the very top or whatever. Um, as long as stuff is up for debate and, and you're having some kind of thought process about it, like tier lists are, are very subjective, right? Um, yeah. And so I, I can't jump in this and say, oh, yeah, like it's completely inaccurate on the polls because I disagree with it. That's generally what people do. Let's say this is completely inaccurate because I disagree. And it's right. like, no, it's accurate. This is this is how people feel. You know, this is how people feel about the games. And, and again, it, it goes back to what you said that the 
the general populace I don't think is very happy with Street Fighter V uh, for a variety of reasons and very good reasons at that. The the game is is way too skewed towards offense over defense and there's just not enough defense in the game where you have a proper balance here. And I don't think I've ever ever heard a single person argue that that the defense is like you know fifty fifty is what it should be right fifty percent mm-hmm. offense fifty percent you know defense and um. I, I literally I, I don't think I've ever heard a single person argue that and that's bad that's really bad um, and, and so you just you can't have that you know it's fine for maybe a Marvel or, or something like you know that to be more geared towards offense that's what that series is known for but for Street Fighter you expect more footsies and more calculated play than I think what we got on this end so I'm, I'm trying to place where the success and where the legacy of Street Fighter 5 might go once we're in the next chapter or two down the road and I think what it is is that with Street Fighter V, the the biggest appeal has been in the competition, and and it's been in the uh, under the the hot lights of you know big streams and at big events. It's had the most public exposure. It's had the most opportunity. It's had the most events by far. Maybe too many events, as we've talked about, like on the Capcom Pro Tour and such. But I think that's where the appeal for five comes from. It's something that just everybody is definitely doing. And mm-hmm. that serves as a reason for some people to stay when they would have gone otherwise simply because they're not having enough personal fun. So that's what I think Street Fighter Five has going for it the most. Um, and, and again, it's not like there's nothing else about it. It's just that I think that's the main pillar that it stands on. Um, so up next here, uh, Ed Boone put out a poll on Twitter and asking people about a crossover that they'd like to see. And some of the options here were, were Mortal Kombat versus Street Fighter, and another one that's very compelling is, is DC versus Marvel. Mm-hmm. And and one thing I'll throw out there like from the get-go is I have a tough time seeing DC and Marvel ever agreeing to have their characters fight for the simple fact of who's going to win, right? Like you can't have, you know, Superman beat Spider-Man and, and have Marvel be okay with that. Right. And, and I get it. You know, it's a fighting game. Everyone beats everyone. And it kind of always ends in a draw. Like if you ask people to name who won all the street fighter tournaments, people go, uh, I think Ryu won one, you know, (laughs) and after that it gets really murky. Uh, so, you know, it's nothing's really decided there, but man, does that look like a, a licensing one? It would be a dream to do. I think for any gaming company, they'd love to do that. But, but, um, you know, Marvel and DC signing off that I, I, I just can't see it myself, but, but how do you feel about it? Like as far as how Marvel and DC would feel about having their, their characters essentially beat up by what might be their competition, I mean, yeah, I, I get it, but that's also silly and like get over yourself is what I would say. Also, I don't get to look at the numbers that come in and how much, you know, how many billions they make or don't make based on little things like that. So I'm probably talking from a much less, you know, filtered and, and, and more, you know, just basic point of view. But I think that they should do it. And that's that's silly that they wouldn't because. I mean, you sit, I remember even in college, I had this kind of conversation in middle school. I had it in high school. I had it in college between classes. You sit down with your friends and you ask, who would win a fight, Wolverine mm-hmm. or Superman? Because Wolverine can't die. And actually, I guess we found out that he kind of can. Spoilers for Logan. Um, but the, I mean, and, and it went like Master Chief for Yoda because Yoda could do all the flippy, you know, stuff from uh, Star Wars, the, the crappiest of the crappy ones, you know, um, 
And, and but that those kind of conversations would last for a long time. I remember one in college went from the food court to the Catran, which took us home to when we were at home, just still talking about just rifling through. And so when you get to the fighting game community, it's like you get to entertain this. I mean, how many screw attack death battle and death battle esque videos are out there comparing all these characters that are oh my gosh, they're so similar that we see them cross between, for instance, Marvel and DC all the time. It's like Quicksilver and the Flash, who wins in a fight, who wins in a foot race, all that stuff. And so it's something that we are super drawn to, the fantasy fights in pop culture. And you could make so much off of it, uh, you know, as a, as a fighting game because it's you're actually having them fight. There you go. Um, and of course, that was the, the title that won. There were three, three options, I think, as you said, DC versus Marvel, um, a horror icons mashup. So basically just going all in on what they were doing with Mortal Kombat 9 and Mortal Kombat X guest characters. And I assume they'll do in Mortal Kombat 11 or Street Fighter versus Mortal Kombat. And I think we'll get into that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But it, it is interesting to see the way that the community, uh, especially the fighting game community, I would assume they'd want Street Fighter versus Mortal Kombat because within the fighting game, and I assume most people that are voting on, there's like 170 or 17, I think it's 117 people voted in this Twitter poll. Uh, 117,000, I should say, sorry. Uh, I would think that most of them would be fighting game minded you know and when they're when they're searching on ed boone's twitter and street fighter and mortal Kombat, man those are pillars of the fighting of fighting games from the very beginning you know and they kind of like the 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 genres the genre kind of split with those two but um but anyways it's like no that was last place that's not what people wanted yeah, uh, I just going back to it. I as you you know mentioned having arguments with your friends like who hasn't had that and and one who wouldn't want to see this type of game. I just I, I get hung up on yeah it's great for the fans. It would be excellent for the developers. Whoever got this would I kind of think um uh be held in a, a bit of reverence from other game developers. Like how the hell did you pull this off? Like yeah. we've wanted to do this for a long time, and I, I think that speaks to the likelihood of this pulling you know actually getting out there and happening right it's unfortunate i wish it would happen i want to see it happening i just i i have a really difficult time seeing you know warner brothers dc um uh and and, you know disney marvel going yeah go for it you know this is fine like we're on board with it uh yeah uh no yeah i i don't either so not not holding breath but it is a good look for like well first of all ed boone as as a established developer figure in this community got that pull out there and got people to vote on it and that one and you know marvel and dc are gonna see that so maybe it's a seed planted for some time in the future uh and but but yeah I, I don't i don't expect it i expect um street fighter character announcements before i expect that to come to fruition yeah so so mortal kombat versus street fighter let's get into that now um I think that for this game to happen, it would have to be PG-13. And I actually think there's some precedent here with, you know, the Mortal Kombat characters being in the Injustice games, right? Uh, They get to push, you know, right to the limit of what is acceptable for a PG-13-ish type rating here, you know, uh, with the ESRB. Um, And that means, you know, no R, no heavy violence, blood, you know, mature rating type stuff. Uh, And and that's what Warner Brothers um, has signed off, what DC has signed off with, with the characters in Injustice, right? Beat the crap out of them, but you can't rip Superman's head off right Mm -hmm. and so you get scorpion and other characters in there which is perfectly fine and and there's been no real complaints about those characters showing up um the dlc sales for them have been really good you know it's it's kind of gone over well so i i think people look back at at mortal kombat versus uh dc 
and, and look at kind of like the watered down game. And I think that that had enough problems with the gameplay and other things, and it wasn't very competitive. That 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 really hurt the game itself, you know. And, and yeah, you want to see the Mortal Kombat characters do their things, but at the same time. There are, there are ways of going about this, I think, here in 2019 or later on down the road here um, that you can pull this off and make it okay. You know, and, and so I think from NetherRealm's end of things, making a PG-13-ish, you know, Mortal Kombat versus Street Fighter would be okay. But um, I've spoken with Capcom about this a few times over the years uh, directly, and they never told me that the idea was 100% off the table and never going to happen, but they did pour water on it pretty heavily and kind of douse the flame of the idea. Like, yeah, I mean, maybe, but no, it's not going to happen. You know, it's kind of what they told me. Uh, and I asked, you know, two times separately and that's, I got the same answer. And I think that that directive has kind of been handed out from the very tops of Capcom that, yeah, I mean, you know, it, yeah, we're, we're pretty much going to shut this down. Uh, so I don't know what would have to change there at Capcom to actually make this a reality, but I don't think that they're really going to be on board with it anytime soon. As far as getting developers to sign off or, or companies that will have their IPs basically getting their heads ripped off and such and them being okay with that is one thing, and that's a hurdle in and of itself. But as far as what I think the community actually wants, I think that we talk about Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat and the crossovers, and there are a million videos where Sub-Zero fights Ken or Ryu fights Scorpion, whatever. And and that's cool in, in fantasy, but I don't think that we actually want to see that in game because I think what Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat have respectively represented their basic overall themes or foundations are very different. They do line up in the fact that they're fighting games and you can see where there's pieces of the puzzle that would just interlock just perfectly. But at the most fundamental level, I don't think these games actually meld with each other very well because I think that Street Fighter has been more about the the contest between two people um like the way i liken it is when i remember being back in the arcades the line for street fighter 2 was always like there it was just always straight back from the machine everyone waiting in line the the crowd around the mortal kombat cabinets it was mortal kombat 2 at golf and stuff i remember um there was there were like two or three people playing and, and swapping around but there was a big crowd of people just watching they weren't there to play they were there to watch it and i think mortal kombat has always been from from design from from visuals to you know even into the story mode it's been something to watch the aesthetic is there it's all about the visuals it's about fatalities that don't all the alities, they don't really affect gameplay almost ever with the exception of maybe you get to talk a little more smack because you didn't use a punch in the last round and that's how you were able to do a friendship, things like that. But essentially, their identity is more rooted in presentation. And that's not a bad thing or a worse thing and vice versa for Street Fighter. But Street Fighter has been more about, I want to get the KO. And Mortal Kombat's been more like, I want to do the stylish and the over-the-top flashy thing in front of my friend for pride for in front of the the audience you know sort of a thing um and, and like i said it's been more like anytime you look at a mortal kombat game the visuals are usually better it's more enticing to look at the story mode is something that you actually want to watch like a movie this goes for the injustice games too of course but basically the nrs products and so i i don't think that on that level the games would meld very well and it wouldn't be terrible to have Street Fighter characters getting murdered and such. I mean, who doesn't want to rip Cammy's head off, right, and see that happen? <laughs> and who doesn't want to see Akuma 
murder someone with the the raging demons like die 1000 deaths like yeah you can totally see it you could level these characters uh not level them up but change them in a way where killing was okay but it's just it's like it's that's a take it or leave it sort of thing where you don't really need that because again these are more to like settle the competitive score where in mortal Kombat, i think if you take away fatalities from the mortal Kombat characters and you made this a pg-13 game i disagree with with what you said i don't think that it would work i think people i think fatalities and kill moves especially as evidenced by how much they've just been upping the ante like they're they're more than fatalities of of old in just like the the x-rays and the final um whatchamacallit moves in mortal kombat 11 from what we've seen so far it's like that person's dead he's just had like three poles smashed through his head and you know the rest of his body slammed through the ground but then he gets up and finishes with 25 percent life left right but mm-hmm. i'm just saying uh, i think people want have an expectation need to see these mortal kombat characters operate in these more deadly and, and over-the-top gore ways. Uh, and like you said, DC versus Mortal Kombat, or DC Universe versus Mortal Kombat, whatever it was called, they didn't have kill fatalities. They had, like, dramatic ends, or, but, but people, it was, it was a PG-13 version. And I think that was a significant part of why it didn't work. I'm sure there were plenty of other reasons why it didn't work. But I don't think that people would want to see the Mortal Kombat characters in, I guess, the PG-13 atmosphere. I don't think it'll work. Gotcha. Yeah, and it's something we've heard about before, but I'll throw out there that that Boone, uh, he likes stirring stuff up and getting going, as you mentioned before. Uh, this is yet another attempt from him to do that, and it's fine. Um, Boone is great, you know, and he's a he's a hype man. He's been doing this a long time. This is what he does. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think it's going to amount to much. I would love to see the resulting products, you know, from a business standpoint and my own enjoyment, right? I would love to see this kind of stuff. I I just, I think the odds of all the stuff he pitched are pretty minimal, except for maybe, you know, a horror movie mashup or something like that. Because we have seen, you know, that type of stuff actually appearing more often, you know, maybe, you know, the Saw character, Jigsaw, I don't know how that worked, but versus like Jason or, you know, Freddy Krueger or whatever. Uh, I could see more of that kind of thing happening because um, I think the licensing rights and, and, you know, and then those characters killing each other is not that big of a deal uh, in the grand scheme of things uh, because that's what they do anyway, right? So, yeah, I think if you did something like that, it would be more of a passion project and for fun and mm-hmm. there would be plenty of people and, and like Dream King would buy 10 copies of that game, yes, right? The, right. <laughs> and there would be a lot of people that did do that but i think the horror the horror fighting game uh community is a fairly niche group and i wouldn't expect to make a ton of money or have enough to to justify like a sequel but i think it would be very fun and i think a lot of people would at least give it like a chance and some people would get very into it but not enough to to really justify actually tackling it right so getting into the next one here, we, we've got Fox uh, selling out, you know, all their stuff basically to Disney, getting purchased out. Um, and I want to I say how this kind of reflects here on a potential Marvel versus Capcom 4. And I don't want to say it's a lot to happen now or anything like that, but I will say that licensing hurdles, if they existed in terms of, yeah, I, I think they existed no matter what, in the simple fact that Disney likes to take their movies and and they like to make uh, or their characters I should say and they like to make you know uh, movies about them. We saw this with Captain Marvel. Um, we saw it with the Guardians of the Galaxy cast, uh, Black Panther, Panther I should say, and Thanos and many others. Um, you know they they had their own movies or they were a prominent part of you know uh, some movie that they were putting out there and those characters got into Marvel Infinite right. Um, 
that's kind of a big deal for them. And so even though the characters that were in Marvel 3, uh, you know, Doctor Doom, X-Men, you know, Dark Phoenix, uh, Storm, all that kind of stuff, even though the X-Men characters were in that game, um, the licensing hurdles of, of, of making those characters more than just video game characters, which is something, again, we know Marvel wants to do, have kind of been cleared now at this point. And so with that, I would say that the odds of Marvel 4 happening are a little bit higher now, you know, just because that one of the huge knocks on Marvel Infinite was that the cast like sucked, right? Not only do mm-hmm. they not look good, but the cast was not there. And and the X-Men characters have been a huge part of Marvel versus Capcom history. They it not not like, you know, hey, these characters are somewhat, you know, whatever, you know, they're, they're there, but, you know, not a lot of people play them. It's like, no, these are some of the most played and iconic characters in Marvel versus Capcom. And I don't want to say it's exactly like, but it's a bit like maybe not having Chun-Li or Bison um, or a few other characters in Street Fighter. You're like, you're... It really is. I think yeah. it really is. And, and and even though they're they're it's like it's a little bit different because they're they're from a whole other IP, a whole other universe, and they're a guest. So you're like, well, as a guest, you can't quite have that kind of um, status in this world. But like they, they Marvel's been around, Marvel versus Capcom, I should say, has been around for so long, and people it has such a, a a strong following and so many hype fans that they really have taken it to the next level and made it so that these characters like Doctor Doom and Magneto and and such have have become just an an expected part of the group and to not have them, well, you saw what happened with Infinite, right? So the licensing hurdles they've been cleared a little bit you know this is this is opening the doors a little bit more to a marvel 4 and my way of equating this like with an analogy would be um i don't think this the the road is a bit smoother it's gotten rid of some of the potholes and some of the bumps but it's not completely smooth right it's you you've 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 gotten rid of some of the rough edges now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so with some of the movies that are planned right now, we've got a dark Phoenix movie coming out. Um, you know, they're, they're doing stuff with the X-Men. Um, there's a reason now for these characters to appear in video games again. And Disney wants that. It's very clear that Disney's adamant about certain characters being in these franchises and showing up and, and being a part of it. Like they, they love the cross licensing and marketing and all that kind of stuff that happens with it. And I, I, there's, there's very little reason to argue against the Marvel, you know, cinematic universe being highly successful because they know that works. Mm. Uh, these games have been a part of it. You know, the Marvel uh, versus Capcom games have been a part of that success, I would say. Uh, and when they're well-received and well-liked, I think that they want to see, you know, the backing on that stuff. And then esports is a big thing, like, kind of across the globe. Um, it is, is you know, Disney owns ESPN. Uh, ESPN is investing in more esports stuff. A bunch of people are investing in more esports stuff. You have a big esports game that's properly executed and done well. I don't think Disney is going to see that as a negative. I think they're going to see that as a very big positive. So I look at all this stuff and I see the stage being set for a Marvel 4 kind of reveal or set up at some point. Um, I don't see it being a lock, but again, I, I see momentum heading in that direction. Yeah, I would have been more doubtful of this as we've talked about it. Okay, so Infinite fails and everybody kind of eventually accepts that it's just not, I mean, it's not going to be at Evo. Okay. Nails in the coffin. And then everyone holds out for a little while. Other nail goes in the coffin. Okay. Infinite's done. Where's Marvel versus Capcom, the franchise going to go maybe into the ground forever. Who knows? But that's kind of where I started and people immediately they began talking about, 
well, how does it come back? Does it come back through an update? Does it come back through just a different game? How long do we have to wait for another game? It's like, there's still a real fervor there and, it, and people still really wanted it back. We get to now and it, it man, time flies, but there might've been ample time there, like between when Infinite came out and then didn't do too well and now-ish, maybe in the next year or so, who knows, that you could actually pull another one of these out. And with the success that Capcom's been having in other avenues uh, with its other games, I'm sure that they, they, you know, the company's doing well enough to perhaps tackle this with what we initially started this conversation with, Disney acquiring uh, most of Fox. They're going to have these characters. All that plus Filipino champ, I guess having insider information, I, I'm not certain that he does. But I, it's a weird thing to kind of be lying about if he is. Maybe he's just doing it for attention. And if if the story at the end of all this was F Champ did a thing for attention and it wasn't true, I guess that wouldn't be the craziest thing ever. But as it stands right now, I'm inclined to believe him. It just it seems kind of random that he would be doing this and then saying, you know, like, save this tweet, mark my words, check this out. But I'm not going to say too much. So, well, then if that's the case, and if, if what FChamp, the way FChamp's presenting it, I would imagine that it's not even that far off. Yeah. And what a comeback they could do if they if they just did it kind of right, you know, and, and they had the right characters. Like the, the things that were wrong with Infinite were easy fixes. Um, I mean, maybe not easy once the problems were there with Infinite itself, but if you were to get to start over from the ground up, it's easy to not hit those potholes again. You know, it's easy to just kind of swerve out of the way. You know where they're coming. You know why they happened. It's not rocket science in, in a lot of uh, respects. And so, I mean, this is still Capcom. I wouldn't say it's easy, but yeah. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but shots not fired here. I'll just say that Marvel has plenty of fans of Capcom employed at their offices and whatnot. Uh, we've mentioned a few of them. There's a few more behind the scenes. Um, they've negotiated a deal, you know, to get. Uh, people thought there was no way that Marvel 2 would ever see a re-release, right? It happened. Um, they got Marvel 3 in there. People, again, said, no way that's happening. You know, uh, these movie franchises are way too large. Uh, Marvel's a completely different company now. You can't get the licensing agreements. Capcom got them again, you know, and they got it again for Infinite, right? And man, how shocked were we about Infinite? E everyone was like, you know, pouring water on that idea. Like, there's no way that that Infinite is going to be coming out. And it kind of shocked everyone. You know, it started getting leaked out there online. And, and I, I think you know it came up like in a december kind of out of nowhere right and, and we're like wow like infinite's here and it looks like trash but it's here you know <laughs> um it, it's it's shocking when this stuff happens but it it's the there's a there's definitely a road here that they can traverse on to get to that that end destination of a marvel 4 right it's not completely out of the realm of possibility and when you hear enough whispers about this kind of stuff you you start to you know put some stock in it uh filipino champ is generally going to be pretty darn reliable with this stuff um and uh, I have to be careful about how I, I word this next part. So I'm just I'm really going to be uh, obtuse here and just say that um, there, there's reasonable. It's it's completely reasonable to put stock in what Filipino champ has said. And that's why we've done it. It's why we reported on it on the website. Uh, there it is. So sure. Sure. And just to give for anyone that cares a reminder that I went from expecting like this might be the end for Marvel versus Capcom for like the next 10 years to ever and now i'm more in the camp of yeah we're probably gonna see something maybe mm. so moving along here now we have the tekken 7 pro tour 
Uh, and they have bumped up the cash that they're throwing out at people to almost $200,000, $185,000, which is just phenomenal. And, and big shout outs again here to Bandai Namco uh, for doing that great thing. Last year, they had a $25,000 Tekken World Tour you know, finals. And now this year is going to be a hundred thousand dollars. And that's a gigantic step up, uh, big ups to these guys. And, and I think that with Tekken seven, you know, being confirmed at 3 million in sales and all that, I think that you have to invest in a pro tour at this point in time, uh, and, and properly invest in it. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. Yeah. Is it not equal to the CPT? No, it's not. And, and I have not heard the same kind of statements from Bandai Namco about them trying to ramp up and be this massive esports entity or anything like that. And that's fine. Like, you know, not everyone is, it needs to try to do that with their company. Uh, Capcom is taking on a fair bit of risk with that approach. Um, and they're in it for the long term, as we've heard about they're talking about you know you know not not five not ten but like 20 years out you know we're looking at this thing and it, it, i get it that's a that's a huge investment for a company um you know that that has show, uh, shareholders that they have to you know approve and appease i should say um that's a big deal, right? So yeah. I, I'm I'm really happy to see that that Bandai Namco has gone from sticking their toe in this water to putting their whole foot in. Like they're they're definitely in here, uh, and this is the kind of stuff that that powers DLC sales. Uh, it's a great marketing campaign for your games, like current and future. It, it, people see the season pass up there. You know, they say Negan, they see all the stuff. It's a great marketing opportunity where you literally have hundreds of thousands of eyes, or you know, probably maybe a million or two over a, you know a full season of, of the Tekken Pro Tour, right? Uh, that are looking at your game and you're able to market the new content and new things that you want to throw at them. Uh, we've seen this with Capcom. They have their, you know, uh, they have their season passes up there. But it, who's to say, like, you can't have other games that you're working on in there as well? You know, especially something like Dragon Ball Fighters, right? Just mm -hmm. throw some promos up in there or, or any other game you're working on, Jump Force or something like that. Like, put it in there. And, and, and it's a great marketing opportunity. Uh, there's plenty of dead time with tournaments and that you can run these ads for it. You can do these little special promos for it. You know, take a 20 minute segment, all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm, I'm just very happy to see more companies recognizing the value and the opportunity that's being presented to them by you know, basically esports. Bandai Namco has continuously shown that they know what's up uh, over the last couple of years. More, more than anything, I think, with Tekken 7, but you have Dragon Ball Fighters right there doing it well as well. But this is just another one of those like statements where they show that they've made progress. Because last year, there were a few pretty obvious issues people didn't like about the Tekken World Tour. This time around, I think the biggest one of those was the uh, the prize payout at the end. Because it was actually higher in 2017 significantly. They lowered it in 2018. And that made people feel like, well, are, are we just <laughs> are we completely shutting down here? Are we on our way to turning the lights off? And a lot of the players that, like, you know, the, the pros that are, this actually affects, you know, that actually get paid out. We're considering, at least on Twitter, considering not doing this next time. And it was kind of scary. But then they come back with this and they're like, okay, guys, we got, we didn't get, you know, five hundred or $600,000 like Capcom. Um, and you don't need to compare this directly to Capcom all the time. But we got significantly more to the point where we're showing you that we are leveling up. And this has happened in so many different ways, whether that be, you know, gameplay, presentation, DLC, Pro Tours, you name it. Bandai Namco has been paying attention to everything and really doing a good job. Another big part of this is that they've made Evo um, a Tekken World Tour event, and it's it's called the uh, Master Plus. I think there's a there are three different kinds of events, um, I believe, for the uh, the the Pro Tour this time. So it's becoming more um, a little more nuanced, a little more sophisticated, and becoming more of a thing that people will have more reasons to watch. 
and uh, and they also brought in the dojo. Uh, what is it called? The dojo events, which basically what those are is that pretty much anyone throwing a Tekken tournament can apply to get dojo status as long as they follow all the rules and the guidelines that are laid out by Bandai Namco. And what that does is it makes it so that everyone, no matter how small or, or how, you know, middle of Wisconsin or something in place that you don't think of people playing fighting games a whole lot because you're not, you know, somewhere out on the coast in one of these fighting game hotspots, you have a chance to get your tournament on the map. You have a chance to be a significant and real part of the whole group that I think people often feel in, in certain areas like they don't have as much of an opportunity to be part of. So mm-hmm. you're seeing Bandai just tackle this from so many different angles and they're making progress in significant steps. If you're comparing them to the big guy on the block right now in a lot of ways, which is Capcom, uh, it's like, yeah, you're still behind. You're still not doing quite as well. Their numbers are still bigger than yours. But if Bandai just stays on this path, I have little doubt at all that in a few years, they'll be the ones torchbearing. They'll be the ones calling the shots. They'll be the ones that others are compared to first and foremost. Because how many times have we seen Capcom not really fix things or drop the ball and i'll jump in there and disagree because the reason i will disagree on that one is capcom has made this a gigantic plan for their entire company you know going forward they they keep talking about it and until the conversation changes at bandai namco where they're saying look we're we're going to do this at the highest of levels you know we're gonna you know tackle it company-wide and make it a huge deal like we just had a huge issue with them with with licensing for tournaments right you know dragon ball Mm -hmm. fighters tournaments were getting shut down because they couldn't clear that hurdle and finally Hirata stepped in and took that over that's great but it shows me personally that I think that that Bandai Namco has a long way to go uh I fault Capcom for a lot of stuff with the business choices they've made for their games I I think they they leave a lot to be desired on there in terms of when they launch a game and how incomplete it is um but for the pro tour they've been you know the gold standard uh in esports and for fighting games for fighting games uh, you know alone uh I don't think anyone's knocking them off that that throne anytime soon uh but that's me well, it'll, it'll be a while before you get from, okay, so what does Tekken World Tour have now? If we just go off of like how much money is in the tour, $185,000 in prizes total. And where Capcom Pro Tour is now at 600 k So yes, they're, they're not even, you know, they're, they're a distance. They're a distant ways off. But uh, what, was, what was the example you just brought up that we're... we're Oh yeah, they they screwed up with getting licensing issues to have, or or some kind of red tape was had with getting Dragon Ball Fighters at events. It seems that they've had the problem, but they fixed it, and I'm seeing those fixes be you know just expedited, put into place, and then things continue on and continue to grow. And they're only going to continue to grow more and more if they stay on this track. It's going to be exponential. So you go from 25. Well, I don't know how much money was in the Tekken World Tour overall last year so i won't say it went from 25k to 185k because I, I, I that's probably not quite accurate but the point is they're they're making this progress so yes it's probably not going to happen in next year probably not even in two years but if they stay on this path it's like they have the ability they have the the understanding the wherewithal and 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 they're going to move to a place where they're definitely going to be more and more competition for capcom and at the same time capcom keeps making these kinds of decisions it's like the, the ones that we've seen in, in recent times, it's like, how long are you going to be able to, to hang around when there's other people growing around you? 
Yeah. You know what? That sounds like a bet to me that we're going to see how it plays out in about 20 years. So all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> moving along here, um, uh, Street Fighter V's ads have come back. They are back in... You know what? I actually think they look pretty good now. Um, they have some variety this time. You're not seeing the same, you know, splash screen that comes up every single time, um, and they're not baked like onto or into the costumes, which is like really good uh, because it gets really <laughs> awkward. Not iron on stickers. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, one thing I'll, I'll mention that I don't like about it is uh, I oftentimes play in battle lounges, and you see ads in there right now. Uh, but you don't get any kind of fight money reward if you have them enabled. And it's like, well, why do you have ads that are showing when you don't get any reward for it, right? That's kind of the whole point. You have to play ranked and casual. And I'm not saying that, you know, reward should be into the, the um, battle lounge just because I, I realize that could be exploited, right? But um, it's kind of weird that you show them at all if you can't get any reward for it. And again, it's a pretty minor complaint. You know, I could just shut them off if, before I go into a battle lounge. It's just like, oh, hey, you know, one, you know, one little box you need to kind of check there in the future. And in terms of maybe, you know, if there's a mode that you can't get a reward for it, like don't enable sponsored content on that, right? Um, but again, overall, I, I think it's a nice step up uh, in what this should really look like, kind of going forward for the most part. Like, there, there's definitely more steps you need to add in and build onto it. But I'm over. I'm like, oh, that's what you guys were planning on doing, right? <laughs> the funny thing about it is, um, what what's the name of the company? Uniqlo is that what it is? U T Uniqlo. I'm not sure offhand. No, that, that's okay. That's, that's what it says here. I don't know if that's how you're supposed to read it or not. That's uh, so sorry, Uniqlo. Uh, if you want us to pronounce your name right, give us money too. Anyways, <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> there are so so their ads that they've been that, that have been basically like circulating circulating around the internet show drawings of the Street Fighter characters wearing like basically shirts of of Uniqlo stuff, and those look awesome. So I've seen people in the comments say. Uh, because because these specific ads, uh, at least to my knowledge, pop up in like the background, like on the big screens or like uh, behind the, the, the characters right after the character select screen. But they're not like directly imprinted onto the character costumes. People are saying, man, give us the character costumes that these characters are wearing in these images from Uniqlo um, because those look sick. I want to see Dalsim in this whatever T-shirt he's wearing or Chun-Li in this workout outfit. Like those look the best out of everything. So it's like, man, you can't ever make everybody happy. But mm -hmm. yes, the in-game ads are back and already they are heavily leveled up from what we saw before. And that's exactly what I was expecting. I, I think I've said as much. A lot of these issues where Capcom launches something, it's very much a test bed and it's done with like the roughest of drafts. And I don't know that that's a very good call, but I don't think it's also the worst thing in the world to do, especially if Street Fighter V is now more a test bed than anything because it's already sort of run its course in certain respects or, or at least to a certain extent. And, and sure enough, you have these really whack ads just before and during Capcom Cup, and but it was like let's test it out. Now we have these. I mean, this this looks a lot more like what you would expect. It's much more digestible. It doesn't distract from the action. It's not something that people are going to make memes about and laugh at. Uh, it, it just took a you know a try or two before they were able to get it to this point. Hmm. 
Right. It, it's I'm I'm pretty happy with it overall, and, and that's Capcom's history, right? That's uh, we're gonna launch something. It's gonna be pretty rough around the edges, and then we're gonna improve it and make it a lot better. Uh, that's a bad business model when it comes to a game launch, but I think with you know a service or whatever, that's what you kind of expect, and, and that's the norm and status quo for a lot of companies out there. Uh, you know, even Blizzard, who who usually puts a, a lot of polish on their products, they'll have some rough stuff that that comes out, and they'll update it and make it better, and it's. Not a problem with something like this with in-game ads it's like yeah yeah I, I kind of wrote it off immediately when it you know it came out so janky i think we all kind of laughed at it and i don't think it was a big deal for most people um but when you're paying 60 bucks for something that that definitely changes the the uh the uh, attitude i think with a lot of people but yeah 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 <laughs> so moving along here uh urine is now number one in the cfn stats again and we saw this character quite a bit at Evo Japan. Uh, there were 10 people in the top 128, and he was a number one overall character in our usage stats for that thing. And I- I'm looking at this character and going, okay, the last couple months here, he's been the number one character um, in, in you know, Street Fighter V Online. And is this a sign of the times? Is Yurian coming back? Not Season 2 Yurian, but is Yurian overall coming back? And are we sleeping on Yurian as the ultimate scrub people out character in Season 4? Oh, let me just start with, I have a hard-ass time with Yurian's online for some reason. With players that are clearly based on their play style, just throwing stuff out there and not trying to evolve along with me or anything. They're getting blown up for doing something, but they continue to do it. All that stuff. They're not, they're not very good. I'm going to come out and say it flat out. And I will just get blown up. And um, I-, I think the reason why is because Urian, first of all, his standing heavy punch is amazing because it just ever so slightly moves his hurt box back and then it's active for 20 minutes. And that relate that translates to a ton of crush counters in the neutral. Uh, and and so, so that's there. But that combined with the fact that Urian's at any time could be doing just crazy random headbutts, random shoulder tackles, or random knees, you can't be ready for... Heavy punch, knee, headbutt, and shoulder tackle all at the same time outside of just holding down back. And so the the I guess what it is is like the Urian revolving or, or wheel of options is very strong. And a lot of people will just, you know, kind of go through it and, it and it works a lot of the time. So at a, at a lower level, I think that's why Urian's popular. Now, I, I don't say that to say that he's just a, an automatic win character or, or that... That's necessarily a bad thing. I don't think he's like a broken character. Okay, okay. You're, you're saying all that, but is he the ultimate Scrub Lord character? Uh, no, I, I think that... So we talked about Birdie not too long ago right. and, and right. him being a candidate for one of the best in the game. And then, of course, Bison's up there. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I would say Akuma. And then, I mean, maybe Urian is... I don't think he's probably a candidate for the best in the game, but he's a candidate for top 10, maybe even top 5, when we didn't think that he might have been before. And I think he falls into a similar category as someone like Birdie. Um, it's that, like, he's... <laughs> Yes, he's, he's a little bit easier to win with using just, like, the basic moves. Uh, you do have to do some studying. Like, you can't just pick up Urian and go. He, he's a little more technical. As <clears throat> Excuse me. He's a, he's a little more technical, especially with his V-Trigger 1 um, content. Although a lot of people are using V-Trigger 2, and they're just doing stuff because they get to 
basically they get to do a, a couple of headbutt slash shoulder tackles in a row and they basically just present traps in between them but you have to just take them and one of them's an unblockable if he charges it all the way it's pretty goofy but uh, i say all that i think that even with where the character is now even with all those things that i said similar to birdie if this is the the quote-unquote most problematic kind of character that we have, that's still a really good thing for the game because it's not destroying the game. It's like, it's eh, it's a little frustrating. Sometimes I'll get mad after I lose to a Urian, sure. But it's nowhere near like, I mean, even Urian was back in Season 2 and a lot of the other problems that the game has had. It's, it's like, it's a digestible amount of the stuff that we don't like about Street Fighter V. You're going to have, you know, imperfections here and there. But I think that ultimately, if Birdie or Urian are your biggest problems in how they exist right now, that's pretty good to be able to say. Yeah, it's a. I, I think he is a, a pretty scrubby character overall in his design because he's based around a lot of dash and jump mix-ups, which, again, it's as you mentioned, you just can't juggle all that at once. And you know, then he has a couple of just do it moves and all that. Um, we we've seen you know the horror of Urian before in season two, and he's nothing like that before. I, I've played against him so much that yeah, people can scrub me out with him a little bit, but you can lab the hell out of the character and get very good against him to the point where eh, he's he's a problem still, right? He's still good, but he shouldn't be a gigantically huge problem. Um, but he's overall again very good. He's a very he's a very scrub friendly character in terms of of you don't have to do a lot to be fairly good with him, uh, relatively speaking, right? But but let me throw out here a pro tip for people, uh, and this is go into the frame data uh, for Street Fighter Five, which is on the CFN website. Just log in, you've got your frame data. Uh, go and look for the move that has the least amount of recovery on it, and that's all three you know the hitboxes: uh, startup, active, and then recovery. And try to find one around like fourteen frames or twelve frames if you got it. And some characters even have better than that find that move and just stick it out as a meaty on urian when you're pressuring him uh because his ex headbutt has 12 frames of startup uh and that means you can actually stick out a meaty and bait that and have a plenty of time to block and then punish him hardcore that one tactic right there will shut down a lot of the scrubby urians because you know ex headbutt is coming right it's not a matter uh, of of if it's coming it's just when it's coming and a very good urian player like will will have to kind of understand that and master it and, and and counter that stuff like that one basic tactic i told you um will carry you a long ways uh and, until you run into high level urians so if if you're losing to high level urians welcome to everyone else that's you know that's what it is right uh but if they're trying to scrub you out with ex headbutt that's a great way of countering it like right off the bat yeah falk ed and urian i would argue to have the worst wake-ups in street fighter 5 they have invincible reversals but the invincible reversal is a double-edged sword and that if it doesn't work out for you you're getting crush countered um for for and then a full damage combo and there's you're able to simultaneously apply pressure and still be able to block if they do that if you know the move that you could so like as nikali i just do a meaty standing light kick if they do that move i'm still able to, if they do ex head but i'm still able to block and then a full punish and if they do anything else then they get hit and they have to block and, and just take it and that's with meter you know and so um, yes, Urians can get fairly predictable with their really good moves. The other thing I would give as a pro tip if you're having problems with Urian, when you corner a Urian, guess what's coming 80% of the time is a, a knee to either get out of the corner or to try to uh, just to, to switch pressure onto you. Yep. 
And and but man, one of the best feelings in the world is DPing a knee or anti-airing a knee. I, I wouldn't try to anti-air it with a regular move. You have to have an anti-air, uh, an invincible anti-air move. <laughs> yeah. But if you have one of those, just stand out at sweep range and wiggle around. And even though you're doing nothing and you know you're doing nothing and you're laughing quietly to yourself, that Urian's definitely going to pull out the knees and you can DP them and then they're going to go, oh my gosh, I have to start thinking and I don't know how to do that because I'm a Urian player and then they're going to lose. So that's how you win. And if you don't have a DP, his knees are very susceptible to jump attacks. Uh, So you can do a jump away if you've got a good long reaching, you know, jump attack and and hit him right in the face. Um, He has a plenty of a large hurt box uh, above his knees when he does them. The knees have about uh, a hit box about the size uh, of uh, Arkansas, I think. (laughs) So it's, you have to be very careful about challenging those. Um, But again, there's, there's a lot of counters and and that's what we're getting at here is uh, he gets by with a lot of scrubby tactics and there's just, there's stuff you could just completely shut down uh and and relatively speaking let me say it's street fighter 5 you can never completely shut down anything right um but uh you can shut down a good portion of the time agreed so moving along here we have got final round this weekend uh i am very 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 excited about this um there is a if you go and you look at the bracket it's pretty much a who's who of the fgc um you're gonna see pretty much everyone in there Uh, i was even gonna look for the podcast about like hey we should talk about you know some of the brackets and i'm like well there's no point in doing that because anyone you can imagine is pretty much there uh there's gonna be great matches throughout the weekend we're gonna have full live coverage up on the website all throughout we are expecting character announcements for street fighter 5 this weekend uh, and maybe I should just say a character announcement, maybe not characters, but uh, there's, you know, we're, we're kind of, we're throwing around the idea right now that Capcom is doing things differently, right? And and in their past, they have done multiple character releases before at one time. Uh, um, Balrog and Ibuki came at once, which was kind of, you know, a little bit of a, I think, a, you know, Capcom was working on stuff, got a little bit delayed, right? Uh, yeah, and, and one was delayed into the, into the release of the other, but we did get them both. Yes, and, and we also got Sagat and G, uh, which happened at EVO last year, and they both came at the same time. And another thing I'll throw out there is Bandai Namco has been releasing, or unveiling, I should say, and, and releasing uh, two characters at once. And we know that Capcom and, and Bandai Namco have a pretty cushy relationship with each other in terms of a friendship. You know, they compete and all that, but uh, the reception for, for Tekken 7 has been very good with Bandai Namco doing that. And, and you know, Sagat and G was very well received as well. And I could kind of say, I'm not saying it's going to happen but i could definitely see a multiple character reveal here at final round just say hey here's two brand new characters they're out this weekend or they're out very soon you know on tuesday um go play them right after final round and have fun you know that's something i i think is very much on the table right now what do you think would happen if they if they did indeed reveal something okay so i'm expecting one character reveal i think that that would that's probably the safest bet and i would put the chances of that at about 90 percent right now Mm -hmm. but if they did two, or they did like we're getting a character reveal, and and I don't think we need a uh, like a season four point five balance change. I think those have more come out of necessity, and we don't really need one, so I don't expect to see one of those. But say they did, you know, a huge update like the the V skills thing, or just something bigger than just one character. What do you think that does for the way people view Street Fighter right now? Given that a lot of people are thinking, man, this might be the end, and we're starting to to wind down. Um. I think it ignites some passion in the community, depending on who it is. Sagat is a 
ridiculously iconic character and as as people were so hype about him uh and he really hasn't made a big impact on the game right uh he's he's pretty much flying below the radar uh bonchan is going to be there i hope and i pray that he plays sagat finally and i hope we actually see some sagat players out there um but again i'll, I'll go to, to the caveat of your question that i think it, it depends on who it is um if they go with two brand new characters people might not get the hype about it like the, the brand new characters in this game have not necessarily gone over very well uh with people like falk and ed and I mean, obviously, we've had some successes with Monat and Abigail and a few others um, that they've at least drawn a reaction from people. And I think G has drawn a reaction from people, but um, it really depends on who it is. I think if they're going to do something to, to kind of, you know, give the game, I don't want to say defibrillator because I don't think it's on live support or it's not, you know, it's not flatlining. But it's definitely slowed. And I think this is you're starting to get into one of the last opportunities to hype people back up. To, um, to to higher levels, uh, I, I think that a ceiling is going to form soon where, yeah, this is about as excited as we're going to get no matter what happens, and that, that ceiling will get lower and lower as time goes on. So I think that this will be a pretty important announcement given they want to keep Street Fighter V going for a year or two and keep people interested. That said, though, there are 326 people signed up to play Street Fighter V at final round right now. I have the numbers for the majority of the games here in front of me. And that's still, that's by far the most. Mm -hmm. Number two is 293 Tekken 7. There's 159 people for Smash. Uh, No melee from what I saw. 145 for Fighters, Dragon Ball Fighters. Soul Calibur 6, 129. Dead or Alive 6, 86. And then Cross Tag Battle is 50. Uh, 55 mm. pretty good numbers here yeah i, I want to get back to what you were talking about character reveals and i think a single character reveal like from you know my own idealized standpoint here is a single character was more effective in the game because they had so many iconic fighters that were left right you know it, it, adding someone like a sakura or a, a sagat oh, sure. or, they could carry the whole thing exactly by themselves. yeah and i mean you know they they added akuma you know and and, and all that kind of stuff like they guile all I mean, even alex was very iconic like he was you know the main hero of street fighter 3 and he was highly demanded from a lot of people um those are those are very much like people that you, you have to get up for right like even if you don't particularly like that character like you immediately know they're they're going to be something right and i mean honestly i i'm hard pressed to to find how many other characters are left that that hit that that mark right uh, i mean you you go makoto you go rose honda sodom like a poison I'd, I'd like to see those characters but they don't hit that that just oh man you know i i have to pay attention to this and get drawn in by it and, and, and that's why i do think it makes a bit more sense now at this point in time to have two reveals at once um we got a lot of radio silence from Capcom for so long, and, and it's kind of a way of putting a bigger bang on this and, and getting it out there. And I realize, you know, it's spreading a little bit more thin if you only have six characters this season. But again, it's a way of coming out with a bang at final round. So, okay, if it's Honda, he's got some status as a, you know, a Street Fighter OG all the way back from the beginning of Street Fighter 2. Um, but, but he's also just, for whatever reason, not the most hype character and it's weird because like Mike Ross played him, so he's now associated with with all that was you know Mike Ross's epic run at Evo 2010 and and the years leading up and a little bit after that, and so you'd assume like Honda's pretty significant, but I don't know maybe maybe he feels a little bit like yeah I'll, I'll acknowledge him because I'm supposed to, but I, he doesn't you know give me the same kind of 
just natural hype that others would. But then you have characters like maybe C. Viper. She's fairly new because she's only from Street Fighter 4, but she was very flashy, and a lot of people really liked her. A lot of people liked watching her, and she's definitely a uh, an audience's character, right? With how the fire and flash and the movement across the screen, electricity. Like, you could do a lot in esports with a character like C. Viper. Um, and, and especially if she's playing the way that, you know, you saw people like Latif and Wolfcrone player, they were just very high flying and entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, and I think Rose would be, uh, a lot of people are frustrated when they see Rose. She's just, I, I guess Rose players would be happy to see Rose. <laughs> yes. A lot of people would kind of roll their eyes, but she also has her place. She's, yeah. she's, she's got a chair at the table. You've got a reaction to her at least, you know, that's a big deal. Even if it's a negative reaction, you have a reaction to the character and you're not just like, meh, whatever. Uh, yeah. Get out yeah. of here with any new brand new characters that have never been in a street fighter game before. Uh, no, don't do that right now because I, I super don't, don't want that. Because at that point, we have to react to what they look like. Maybe compare that they look sort of like another character that's existed before. But I don't think that that's, it's really the place or the time for that. I think those come more with the beginnings of games. And then maybe if your game's going along pretty well, you, you package one or two of them in with a bunch of other you know cool characters that are returning. But brand new from here on out, I, I don't like the idea personally. Mm. So well, final round is very close here, and, and this is going to be a great way to kick things into high gear for 2019. Um, it's you know the first major, major like U.S. side tournament that we've got. Uh, you can see the entrance here, uh, how many people are coming out, out for it. Um, I'll just say that U.S. tournaments, they generally have much higher viewership here, uh, at least across Twitch. Um, than any other tournaments, you know, they hit right in that primetime era. Uh, uh, frame, I should say, where a lot of people are able to tune into it and watch it. Um, and, and it's I, I'm about as hype as can be for it. I think it's going to be a really fun tournament to watch. Uh, there's a lot to get, to get excited about here. But one of the things I want to go back to is you mentioned a point five, you know, a season 4.5, basically, uh, and, and how that might be coming here at some point. And I just want to take people back to season 3.5. That actually happened on, on April 1st last year. And everyone thought it was an April's fool, you know, April fool's yeah. joke. You know, it was, it happened later than I, I remember writing an article saying, if this is going to happen, it needs to happen like now. And then now passed. And then it happened a little bit later. And I was surprised because I thought we would pass the window or the threshold where it would be acceptable because you're completely revamping the game for the rest of the season. And you've already had a few of the events in the season, you know, in the previous. So it's like that kind of uh, somewhat challenges the competitive, uh, uh, you know, validity of things. But it's also like the, the, that kind of thing is going to happen. You're going to have a different roster later in the season um, than you did when you started it just because new DLC characters and such, and such come out. So it's not the worst thing in the world. Right. Uh, they, they, it was such a shock to even the announcers who did it that they had to say a few times that it was not an April Fool's joke. And I, I think even a number of sites ran with that as their headline. Hey, not April Fool's. Uh, another patch is coming to Street Fighter. You know, that's how unexpected <laughs> it was. Um and it also happened later than we expected, right? You know, coming out on April 1st, I know the other ones that happened before there. Um, so I, I'm wondering right now if we might not see a point five um, for for season four because, one, the game is in a pretty good state, right? Um, I we're, we're talking about the game, but no one is jumping out as like, oh, man, this character just, I hate fighting them, uh, Rashid aside. Um, and and it's, it's not a big deal where the balance is at yet. And 
it may change, and I definitely think we need a few tournaments under our belts before we, you know, have a great read on where the competitive scene is at, right? It might come out that, you know, of all characters, like Bison is, um, you know, number one by far and away, and he's, you know, his usage rate for the top 64 is like 20 people playing him, and it's just, oh, you know, that that's going to be a really bad look. And at that point, we really do need a 0.5 patch, you know, get it out there in front of people. Um, Capcom has set the stage for doing things differently this year. You know, it doesn't mean that we need a patch here on April 1st or anything like that. You know, we might get a little ways into the season before we see a 0.5 patch at, at this point. Uh, and again, that's what they did last year. It came out of nowhere. It came later than, you know, we anticipated. Uh, I, I definitely don't think it's off the table, but the fact that there's real no demand for it yet, and generally as these games go on, you know, the balance gets better and better. You, you have less crazy things that are just, you know, kind of mind-blowing that are in the game. Uh, as Capcom and the community kind of figures out what this game is and how to balance it properly. Capcom initially started Street Fighter V with the plan to only make one of these major updates once a year. It became apparent that it was better to do two a year and kind of break that promise or whatever that statement than it would be to leave it alone. And and I 100% agree. I think that's like, that's a, looking back, it was a sort of a silly statement to make because just of how hard it is to balance things. Um, and and do things right, but anyways, they they broke it and they they did these 0.5 balance patches and they were good. I think they each one fixed something. Even if they didn't make the game perfect, they definitely made it better than it was. But um, like I said earlier, I think this came out of more necessity than it did that they were planning to do it. And uh, you're right that that we will see more of the game and we'll get a better picture of what's going on once we've seen the pros acting at their best and, and a few tournaments have gone by. But the previous two years, the situation was the same. We hadn't seen much in the way of pros playing yet. And already there were huge problems just from playing online, mm-hmm. just from playing people that weren't pros that we knew in season two, Balrog, Laura, and Urian were big problems. In season three, Rashid and uh, Abigail were big problems. And Cami, of course, is like a known problem throughout the entire time, but like <laughs> she, she finally got hers as well. And so like we were saying, man, the biggest problems that you're going to have are Birdie and Urian and maybe Bison. It's like, well, someone's got to be on top and someone's going to have something goofy. I get that. All right. I've been playing Street Fighter V long enough to kind of be at peace with a little bit. And it's at a place where, yeah, it's not perfect, but I can digest it. And I bet a lot of people can as well. And so I don't think that we're going to see. I, I kind of don't want to see another patch, um, at least for gameplay balance. Uh, like not an overhaul huge one one because well my character is probably not going to get changed i didn't change them at all in the last patch but also because uh, i'd rather see them put their resources elsewhere um to whatever else it is they're doing and it looks like that's what's happening right they're doing yeah. things with the uh with the ads um i mean if this if this data mining is true i don't think there was much in the way of balance update but it was all just more content and such and so i'm hoping that that's where they're placing their resources um, but I mean, I'll be interested in seeing what they do with the patch. If they do one, maybe they'll, uh, maybe, but man, bring on new V skills. That would be interesting and cool. And though it is kind of late, I would, I would be interested to see what happens. Cause that would really shake things up. Maybe for the worst, who knows? <laughs> yeah, that's that would be my fear. But April is about two and a half weeks away here. It's not that far. Uh, you know, we're going to have a handful of tournaments going on as usual. Uh, let's see where we end up at. Uh, I, I If I was going to bet right now that a 0.5 patch comes out, I, I'd say it's likely because we've had one, you know, f- you know, every year so far um i i think we're, we're gonna have another one um but i wouldn't be shocked to see it more like in a may you know a little bit later on just because again they're doing things differently yeah um but i want to drop a bomb here real quick and, and just throw this out there that what if we go through all the final round 
and Capcom does not announce a single thing. They Rashid music us? Yeah, they Rashid. We get if the Alex trailer. If they Rashid right? music us, yeah. Oh no, if they play the Alex trailer or they Rashid music us, that's a whole other story. Because that's trolling on a level that, like, where I'm not happy with the result, but damn it, do I respect you for that badass move, Capcom. So if they do that, 100%, no, that's a mic drop, you know, yeah. uh, that's that's totally fine with me uh, for the entertainment value. But that would be that would be GG's for a lot of people, yeah. I think, in certain ways. Um, and it's like, man, you're kind of standing really close to the edge of the cliff right now. And it'd be easy to walk away from the edge of the cliff. But if you do something like that, you're just asking for it, man. As much as I love the game and I think it's great, that is, that's pretty much a death wish at that point. And, and as many people who are on the fence about the game, I think you, you basically have, have ruined any kind of goodwill or any other stuff that you kind of had left at this point. And, And again, the game's winding down. It's all fine, but you can't do that. Like, and at the same time, is that something that you could completely roll out? I can't. I, I literally think that's a possibility with Capcom. Uh, do you think that, that there's any chance that that happens? Like a 10%, oh, which is a huge shoot, amount considering like what you would imagine they wouldn't. Yeah, but 10%. I think 90% will get a character and, and it would be up more so. But here's the thing. Capcom is, if, there's, if I've observed one thing about their you know, announcement and, and, and such practices or schedule. It's that like, you can't predict it. And it's probably not because they're smart about, it's probably the opposite. They're smart about their schedule and they stay unpredictable. It's that they just kind of like just do things that whenever it works out for them and they don't think about a lot of stuff that seems very obvious and apparent to a lot of us, but Capcom, they remain unpredictable. Like, like, I, I do not know. So the only thing I know is to not fully expect anything because I've been so wrong so many times based on, oh, well, this is how they did it last time. So that just means they're not going to do it that way this time, as far as I'm concerned. Gotcha. All right. Well, uh, on that note here, uh, I'll just mention here to close this out that Arcade Edition is coming really uh, close to final round. Uh, it's going to be out actually in Japan. Um, maybe as soon as by the time you hear this, people are going to be playing so, it. So uh, you're mm-hmm. talking about Type Arcade. Yeah, right? the Type Arcade. It's it's based on the PC version, apparently, of the game. Um, and... It, you know, it's it's definitely different. It's not you know the same exact client that we have here. You know, for the uh, the PS4 or the you know PC, we get that right. Um, there might be something like unlocks or some kind of timed stuff or something in there. Like there there could be some stuff out in the wild here even before final round. So uh, obviously we'll have it up on the website the moment it happens. Uh, and maybe again by the time you hear this, like something might have broken um, in terms of news and all that. Uh, so just keep an eye out. You know there, there's some, there's good reason for excitement here. Um, I, I really do think the reveal will happen at final round instead of you know with an arcade machine that's you know isolated to Japan. But it's Capcom. You kind of never know where they're going to go with this stuff. So what we're talking about here is the fact that it's coming out in arcade. So there would be an official arcade cabinet as opposed to what you might see nowadays where there's like a PS4 inside of a, of a makeshift arcade cabinet with Street Fighter art on it. And it's basically you're just playing it on PS4 or PC, but in an arcade format. This is an actual arcade cabinet and uh, and it's, it's like designed specifically to be that. So there will be like an insert coin and you'll have to actually put your money in and, and, and little things like that that will differ from the experience that you'd have right now as opposed to like just having access to all the menus and such. And with this slightly different version, maybe new stuff is coming 
and and that will be found within i mean if people were able to somehow mine through the uh the arcades of uh japan because it's only going to be in japan right um then maybe we would have some uh some notes and some leaks before final round is what you're saying yeah pretty much and, and again i, I uh, it's all coming right at the same time uh and timed unlocks uh they they can usually be done okay uh yan and yang and oni and evil ryu um yan and yang came came first and, and people you know were shocked to see them in the game uh and and uh evil ryu and oni were, were timed unlocks that happened after a little while and people didn't really find out about them until they were supposed to be unveiled uh, unveiled i should say um uh, so it's it, it's definitely a thing. I think Capcom has enough of the tech now uh, with the arcade release to understand how to lock that down to at least to a, some degree, uh, and especially if it only needs to be locked down for a day or two until final round happens. You know, it's a I, there's a there's a good chance you know we could see a reveal just a little ways you know before final round is what I'm getting at. Yeah. So we're getting started here with 2019 and the uh, I guess the the on season, the actual the fighting game community season that officially more or less kicks off with the pro tour that happens this weekend. And a lot of time when you're when you're in the off season and things seem kind of slow and drowsy and maybe we're not going to have Street Fighter five anymore after this, those kind of thoughts are more prevalent and I think a little heavier and they have more gravity when you're in that. Once you actually get out of bed and you start moving and your blood starts flowing figuratively, I think people will jump on more on board a little bit more so and um, and things will just get rolling along. along. And yeah, it still might be like the last year or two of Street Fighter V, but I think we're going to have a nice full season as any, you know, as much naysay and kind of doomsday talk has been floating around a little bit. Um, I think we're going to get six characters. I think it'll be just fine. I don't think it's going to blow us out of the water, but I, I do think that we're going to have a, a, a just a, a good 2019. So raise your glass to a uh, an exciting Capcom Pro Tour 2019. I'm looking forward to it. I'll be watching final round. I'll be fingers crossed for the Rashid music, but if not, I guess I'll settle for a character reveal. I'm just really hoping that it's not nothing at all. Yeah. Uh, I raised my glass and I, I think I've got some broken chunks that have kind of cut me a little bit. So <laughs> we'll see what happens here. Uh, but you know, maybe I can still drink out of it. It's yeah. Yeah. It still works. <laughs> all right, y'all. Thank you so much for listening to us this week and we'll be back with y'all soon. All right. Have a good one guys. <laughs>